Hello there. Welcome to the REI Friends Podcast. My name is Catherine Storing. I am your host. And I just finished talking to Stuart Geffner. He is such a gentle, powerful soul. He shared his story, why he got started, how he got started, how he left a very um, rewarding career to a point. And then he realized, listen, life is short. I want to do something else. And he did it. And I'm so glad that he did. I think you will be glad too. I took so many notes, um, so many nuggets. I'll be watching and listening myself. It was that powerful. Um, so make sure that, like I always say, listen at least twice, watch at least twice, share with somebody that is thinking about getting started and been thinking about it. And when I go from thinking to doing, um, so make sure that you, that you listen. If you have any questions, reach out to us in the meantime, let's get going. Hi, Stuart. Welcome to the REI Friends Podcast. How are you? I am excited to be here. Um, so glad to have you. So for those that don't know who you are, can you give us the Cliff Notes version of you? Sure. My name is Stuart Gethner, uh, born and raised in Chicago, went to school in St. Louis, couldn't stand the cold weather anymore. So now I reside in Arizona. I've been doing real estate investing probably for the past full time for the past 10, 11 years. And my only regret is that I wish I would have started sooner. I love that. If I had a dollar for every time I heard that, I would be a very rich woman, but I, I can see it. I can see why. So thank you so much. Let's just go right into it. What prompted you to start um, investing in real estate? So when I was a little kid, they used to have these things on television called infomercials. And I used to watch <laughs> these infomercials with all these guys that were making money while they were sleeping. They were, they were on the beaches in Hawaii collecting all these checks. And I said to myself, one day when I grow up, that's what I want to be doing. So I started with um, books and tapes and educated myself. And I'm able to probably say over the past few years, we've acquired enough cash flowing properties that life has been good. That, I love that. So it started with the power of intention. So you said to yourself, I want to be like those people. What, what was it about that lifestyle that attracted you? So in my previous life, I'm a pharmacist. You used to own pharmacies okay. here. And I got to tell you, you know, standing on your feet 10, 12 hours a day, filling prescriptions, having people upset with you because their insurance didn't cover a certain medicine, it gets old after a while. So being able to have passive income come in, and I think people sometimes make the mistake that passive income means no work. That's not true. Passive income, you do need to require, it does require some work. People move out, tenants get divorced, things happen. So there is work involved but certainly not day-to-day -day as you would in a J-O-B job. That makes sense. So you went from a pharmacist. So at what point in your career were you like, this is not for me? <laughs> so one of the pharmacies that we had was what we call a, a, a nursing home pharmacy. Two of them were retail walk-in. One was nursing homes where there was no walk-in traffic. We delivered medicine. We did nursing homes, assisted living facilities, and we also did um, hospice patients. And so... One day I was talking to one of the hospice nurses and she says to me, do you know what the number one regrets of my patients are? And I said, yeah, probably spending too much time at the office and not enough time with their family. And she said, you'd think so, but you'd be wrong. And I said, well, what, what is it? And she said, the number one regret is they live their life for someone else. Ooh. And my dad's a pharmacist. My grandpa was a pharmacist. My Uncle Max was a pharmacist. I couldn't make it in Major League Baseball. So, of course, I went into pharmacy. 
And I realized at that point in time, the first 40 or so years of my life had gone by pretty quick looking back. And I bet the next 40 will probably go by just as fast. And if I don't do what I want to be doing, then I'll have some regrets and I don't want to have any regrets. So for me, that was the story and the true story of what prompted me to doing this, jumping in and learning as much as I could, getting mentors, teachers to help me so I don't, uh, so I don't make costly mistakes. And here I am today. That is so powerful. So funny because I can so relate to no having regret because at the end of your life, you can't go back. There's no do-overs. At least I don't believe in them. So at that point, what happened, happened. And now that's it. That's the end, right? So I love right. the fact that you had that amazing opportunity. A lady actually kind of woke you up and be like, listen, this is it. It certainly was an awakening for me. It's something that I wanted to do. But when she put it in that perspective, it kind of put it into reality that, um, now's your chance and you know there's an expression and i know you know this there's two great times to invest in real estate right the first time was 20 years ago <laughs> the next time is now and yeah. so we're out there now and whether it was a year ago a year from now now is now and we're actively looking and doing the best we can that is so good thank you so much for sharing that i know that somebody listening right now maybe they have a pretty good job like you did and they're making good money but if they're doing it for dad if they're doing it for the wrong reasons um it comes out it definitely comes out in the day-to-day -day, and this is the perfect time to say i, I want to live for me so i love that thank you yeah absolutely it's okay so talk to me go back to the beginning so what was that first property how did you go from not doing real estate investing so okay i always wanted to do this how did you get started so I bought my first very property uh it was in mesa arizona and a realtor brought it to me and i and, and the true story is when you get started usually you know something's a great deal and you're so scared and paranoid and afraid that you don't do it and someone else does it and then you look at that and go i knew it i should have done that so usually you need that kick in the pants of losing a deal or two you finally get the gumption the confidence that you kind of know what you're doing so this realtor her name was jill brought me this deal i had missed out on a few other opportunities i was very thankful that she kept me in the loop and didn't give up on me and I took it as the first property and I did that as a fix and flip. So first time doing it, went to Home Depot, got a consumer credit card. They barely gave me any credit whatsoever. And so, and I did all the work myself. So from really? that very first property, I've learned to scale and learning how to work on your business and not in it. Because I, I, I'll, I'll tell you, Kath, when, when you get started in any business, I don't care what business it is, it, it doesn't matter. You, you do everything. You raise the capital, you answer the phone, you take out the garbage, you write the checks. When you start, you're it. And as you want to grow your business, we need to learn to lean on other people. And that's really hard to do, especially since you've been doing it all. But it all started with that one property down in Mesa, Arizona. And, and fixing and flipping was sexy. It still is sexy. But I, <laughs> I like the long-term create wealth cash flow. So as I've gotten older, I became a buy and hold kind of investor. Got it. So even though you were a pharmacist, that sounds to me like you have some skills, though, if you were able to do most of it yourself. Yeah, well, let me tell you, I can rip out carpet with the best of them. If you need your carpeting ripped out, I'm your guy. Putting it back in, laying mm -hmm. top or flooring. I tried and I learned that I'm not good at that. I'm not good at plumbing. Um, I shocked myself once with uh, with electricity, yeah. so I learned I'm not an electrician. So you you learn 
But as you go, you make mistakes as you go. You try to keep the mistakes to a minimum. I was fortunate. I, I, I decided to hire a mentor, someone as I got into this, as a coach consultant, to, to, to minimize my mistakes. So, so yes, uh, his name is Summers. Yes, Summers was expensive, but I, I can't imagine the mistakes I would have made that I would have cost me so much more money and not just money, the time. So he took years of learning and helped me educate me as to the right way, the wrong way to do things. And for me, that was really cut, cut, cut my timeline shorter than it, by years than it would have been. Absolutely. Yeah, because they, they actually probably made those mistakes. I can tell you, don't go this way, go that way. So that money is really, I call it tuition, it's helping you get faster where you want to go. So I love the fact that you did that. How, let me ask you this. So you said that you made some mistakes. There's some things that you learned that you could not do. How do you prevent yourself from saying, maybe it's just too complicated. Maybe I'm over my head. What kept you showing up? What kept, well, what kept me showing up was I owed the money. So that kept me showing up <laughs> as well as uh, uh, networking with other investors. So let me tell you a quick story. When I so when, yeah. I, when I got out of pharmacy, I thought I would I, I thought I would call and, and get the Sunday paper. I, I would call Fizbos, right? Mm -hmm. And for those who know what Fizbos are, it means for sale by owner. And the reason they're for sale by owner is because the seller, the owner, probably doesn't want to pay a real estate commission, thinks he or she can do it themselves, and wants to save a few bucks. So I went to the Fizbos, if you will, out of the paper, and I I started on a Monday morning. And I had a list of questions that I was going to ask. Tell me about your property, this, that, and the other. Right? I, I thought I, I thought I, I thought I knew what I was doing. Yeah. And so I, I, the first thing I learned is that when you call these Fizbos on Monday, most of them aren't work. They're not answering their phone. But I did get a lady that answered, and I started asking my questions. And I maybe had a dozen or so questions that I thought would lead to an interesting conversation. Honestly, about thirty seconds later, I was done with my questions. And you get that uncomfortable silence. Yeah. And so I said to her, you know, let me come clean. Uh, I'm a real estate investor and I, I'm looking at this for investment property. And she says to me, oh, really? I'm a real estate investor too. This is investment property for me. And so I said to her, hey, maybe I can take you out to lunch, buy you a cup of coffee, and you might be able to maybe teach me some tricks of the trade. And this is what she said to me, honest. She said, why would I want to teach you anything? Now I'll have a competitor in the marketplace. No, thank you. And we, and we hung up. And I, and I thought to myself, is she trying to corner the market on real estate investing? I mean, there's <laughs> way too much out there for one person to corner right. the market. So what I learned was that there are people out there that will help you, that will share with you. And then some people won't. But what kept me going was meeting those people, whether it was the plumber that I met at Home Depot or someone from a networking group that said, I got a guy, I got a gal. And so what kept me going was the people that I surrounded myself. And so, some folks might call that building a team, uh, mm -hmm. but I built a team over time. I, I honestly, I certainly got taken advantage of many times, earned all my gray hair, but, uh, but as time went on, you, you live and learn. And I, I, I think the biggest mistake is not to try uh, because Certainly, uh, it, it's it's not hard when you know what you're doing. You know, I, I go see people at their jobs, whether they're veterinarians, whether they, they work at uh, different stores, and I, I admire them for the intricacies of their work and what they do. And they look at me and they're like, you know, you can teach a monkey to do this, right? So, but for me, it's new, right. overwhelming, and I'm impressed, 
but to them, it's just a gig. So over time, that's where you want to get your knowledge base to, where you have the wisdom and experience. And so that's what kept me going was being able to rely on other people for help. That's so good. So, okay. So the lady says, no, you yeah. bought that property. Yeah. Were you able to make money on that first property when you sold it? So on that first property I bought in Mesa, Arizona, I did. I, I made money. Nice. I, okay. I did. And, I, and I've learned over time that that's really unusual. But, um, you know, a wise man once said, no one ever lost money in real estate. No one ever lost money in real estate unless they had to sell. So I had a, uh, I invested in a condo in Las Vegas and I live in Arizona and it was going to be what they call a, a conversion. They were going to upscale that condo from a kind of a dumpy place to like a luxurious place. And I swear, Kath, I must have had a property manager who had a brother-in-law that was an out-of-work plumber. Every other month, I'm getting a, a bill, $180 leaky faucet, $300 broken toilet. Oh my gosh, there's mold. And, and, you know, it wasn't down the street or down the road where I could go right. there and check to make sure I wasn't getting ripped off. So I sold that and I had to take a loss and I learned my lesson that I want to be involved with the property or have partners or joint ventures with people that I call boots on the ground in an area that I don't, I'm not familiar with because, you know, if you don't know what you're doing and, and you don't have the support, right, you, you're probably going to get taken advantage of, unfortunately. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay, so you 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 do that first property, you learn a ton. Um, where did did you decide? Okay, I want to continue to do this. What was your second property? Did you stay in the same market, or you tried to do something different? I stayed in fixing and flipping for quite some time. I did some wholesaling for quite some time for a few years, and I got to tell you, fixing and flipping is sexy. You know, you get a big check at the end of the at the end of the project. I think what's really popularized it are those television shows on HGTV yeah. where people see and they go, oh, in an hour, I can make $40,000, <laughs> right? And and, or, you know, and here's what I always, and this is true, yeah. 40 minutes into the show, oh my God, there's a crisis. We didn't anticipate yeah. this. We didn't anticipate that. They break the commercial. They come back from commercial. Oh, goodness. It wasn't as bad as we thought. Or Bob or Sue over there or Juan was able to make it a lot less expensive than we thought it would be. And so that's very sexy, but that's not really how it works. And I know I'm not telling you anything you don't know already. Absolutely. So for those that are watching and they're like, what are you talking about, Stuart? So that's not the way it is. So what happens when there's something that you um, underestimated how much it was going to cost you and now you got to fix it? Who pays for that? Yeah, we pay for that. You and I, we pay for that. You know, I remember I, I did a fix and flip and, and I actually thought I knew what I was doing, right? And at the time, and by the way, we're always going to make mistakes. So you're never done making mistakes. You never know it all. You know, I see a lot of people when I teach at the real estate school, people get ready to get ready to get ready, right? Oh, as soon as my website's done, Stuart, I'll, oh, I got to get my logo. You know, I put business cards together. They're being shipped as soon as they're here. Right. So it, people always want to get ready to get ready. But the fact of the matter is, uh, when, when you learn as you go and you keep your mistakes to a minimum. So I had this property that I thought I knew what I was doing. And as I did my inspection, I noticed that there was a corrosion on the uh, washing machine where the spigot came out of the wall for, for the washing machine. And I said to myself, I got to replace that spigot. What I didn't realize was that it was corroded not just at the spigot, but behind the wall as well, all the way wow. going back maybe five, 10 feet. 
that piping was corroded. And I didn't, I didn't know that. I just thought it was the spigot. And so that cost us a few extra dollars. And so even though you, you think you know what you're doing, you know, you, you're going to make mistakes. But here's one lesson that I learned in, in all my businesses that I've been in. You make your money when you buy. So if you buy right, if you buy the property right, if you buy it at the right price, you can afford to make a mistake and had that not caused you to go into the red, but you can still say profitable. That makes sense. That's so good. I love it. I've been, as you've been talking, um, making notes, taking notes, because it's, it's so good. So thank you. Thank you so, for, so much for sharing. So at what point did you scale up? At what point did you say, okay, I learned, I realized I'm not a plumber. There are some things that I cannot do. How, where did you go to get those people for your team? I started going to different networking groups, starting with my local RIA. And I was fortunate enough to network enough at my local RIA and have enough experience that they actually hired me to do some teaching. And so I taught for the our local RIA here in Arizona for 15 years. I have 12 online classes for our national RIA. And I was also selected to be a contributor to Forbes Magazine Real Estate Council. So I've had some articles published in Forbes. And so when I, so the question was, when did you realize? I realized that I had to make a, a, a leap, a leap of faith between trying to do my J-O-B and then trying to get this off the ground. So I thought if I had maybe three to six months of savings lined up, I don't think you can really have enough money lined up, to be honest with you, yeah. looking back. But what I've learned in today's world, I'm just talking about today, um, yeah. you, know, you go back to 08, 09, and, and when we had the crisis, you could have bought real estate for maybe 30, 40 cents on the dollar. And I, I, I saw people do that. I just didn't have the money. But in today's world, there's a lot of money on the sidelines. So even if we don't have money or if I'm out of money, there's still deals to be had because other people, whether it's your dentist, your chiropractor, someone that has money and they're busy working in their business and not on it, they are looking for people like us to invest with because they're sitting their money in the bank earning zero point nothing. And certainly they know real estate is a time-tested asset to invest in to get rich. It's not get rich quick, but it is get rich slow and it works every time. That is so good. I love that. Zero point nothing. <laughs> that was so true. I love it. Yeah. And being creative. I love the fact that you said there are people that want to get wealthy, but they don't want to do the day to day. They just want their money to work for them and they will be happy to give it to you. So that's a great way to think outside the box. There's money to be made. There's people out there that want to give it to you. And sometimes it's just sharing what you do with the right people and then and then seeing your track record. So by then you probably have done a couple of deals, things are working for you. So it kind of makes it easier for people to give you their money, right? You're, you're spot on, Kathy. Let me tell you, once you do a deal with someone, once you get one deal and you do the best you can, it doesn't mean you made money. You just did the best you can. That person will want to invest with you again. And let me tell you, they have friends. So you don't need to have a whole conference room full or a whole stadium full of people that have money. You just need to have a few, one or two, that they have confidence in you. And, and let me tell you this, when, when I taught for our local RIA, we had a deal as instructors that we would look at anyone's business plan. If you put a business plan together, we would look at it at no charge, okay? Let me tell you, of all the hundreds, maybe thousands of business plans that I looked at, not one of them, not one ever said, at the end, I'm going to get divorced and lose all my stuff to my ex-wife. 
Not one of them said, my business partner is going to drain the account and I'm going to have to declare bankruptcy. Every business plan had a happy ending, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, we, but we know that there's yeah. bumps in the road, right? And, and I use the expression, you never get hit by the bus you see coming. So being mm -hmm. able to work with someone that's experienced, being able to work with someone that's done it before, they'll at least keep you out of harm's way of the mistakes that they made. So you're going to make plenty of mistakes on your own. You don't have to make the same mistakes I made. Happy to share those with you. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. Where did your conference go, your confidence go after you finished that first deal? Because you probably were nervous before, but when you finished it, how did you feel about yourself and your career as a real estate investor? So I probably do what everybody else did. I go on Facebook with my phone outside <laughs> the title company and I hold up the check and go, wow, I just made all this money. I don't mention though that I got bills to pay out of that check, but certainly um, my confidence rose. And I think my confidence rose as people wanted to network with me and get mm. to know me better and see what I did. And then have people come up to me and say, you know, I got a couple of bucks. Maybe I can help fund your next fix and flip, or maybe we could invest with you. Um, at, at some point in time, uh, being asked by Forbes magazine to be on the real estate council, I, I, I'm, I, I'm always amazed that when people ask me to do things, I'm like, wow, I, I guess I know what I'm doing. But let me tell you, I still make mistakes. Honestly. I love it. I love it. So of those all those mistakes that you have made over, over the years, which one do you think taught you the most? Well, 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 certainly um losing my earnest money, uh, thousands mm. of dollars on earnest money would have been uh the most painful. Um, and if you see tears rolling down my face, that <laughs> probably still reminds me of losing that earnest money. And so what happened? Tell tell us what happened. Um, I I thought that I knew the cancellation date to get my mm. earnest money back. And I was wrong by just a couple days. And I had put my was like 10,000 down and this and the uh, and they said no we're going to keep it. And I explained I made a mistake this that the other can you work with me? I, I was able to get half of it back, but I lost the other half. And so now I learned to make sure I know the date of my earnest money going hard because I never want to make that mistake again. That makes sense. So for those that are listening or watching, why is it so important to know uh, what would prompt anybody to want their money back or get out of a deal and having that date? Why is that so important? Well, we, we as investors, we, we, we write offers. That's what we do. And I, I'm not a realtor. So I use our investor-friendly contract that I paid our attorney to write. But back in the day when that happened, I was using a realtor and using a realtor's contract. And so they give you X number of days to inspect the property. And you do your inspection. And if you find problems, you can ask the seller to either fix the problems or give you a credit for the amount that you think it would cost to fix the problem. And so I went past that expiration date, not, not realizing that I had made that mistake. And if I can give a, a, a tidbit or a pointer, one of the mm -hmm. lessons that I learned was we as investors don't want to use realtor contracts. The realtor contract doesn't protect us. It doesn't protect the seller. It doesn't protect a buyer. It even doesn't really protect an agent. Those contracts protect the broker from litigation. And so I've learned my gold nugget to share is we want to use investor contracts. Investor contracts where we have 
uh, a longer inspection period where we have more access to the property and it protects our best interest as investors. Not here to rip anybody off, but just want right. to protect our own best interest instead of using someone else's contract that protects their best interest. That is so good, especially this is a business. So whenever you can write your own contract and put in the, the, the clauses that make sense for you, why not, right? Right. And all the clients that we work with, they are happy to give access to all our contracts because that, and, and they're good in all the states, because that's what they should be doing. You know, I'm old enough to remember they in, in a long time ago, they would send you down to the Hallmark store. And the Hallmark store used to have a, a contract section for marriages, divorces, really? real estate, businesses. Wow. And it was just a template. Um, and so, yeah, not, not a very good contract to use. Yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. I love, love that. Okay, so of all the things that you've tried, so you told me that you did fix and flip, and, and flip that you like to uh, buy and hold. Of all the things that you have tried when it comes to real estate investing, what is the one that you really like and which one you don't that you dislike? So the, the challenge that I have with wholesaling is, is that it's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And what I mean sustainable is, the, the money gets up, gets used up quickly. And so we have to work on volume. And, and my dad taught me that uh, if you're going to sell cars, he would say, you can sell Rolls Royces or you can sell Volkswagens. You sell Rolls Royces, you sell three a year. You sell Volkswagens, you need to sell three a month to what you're going to make for three a year with Rolls Royces. So when I got out of wholesaling and I re-examined fix and flip, fix and flips, you get a lot more profit. But the challenge is, at some point in time, that money's used up and it's the old, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. I got to do it over again and do it over again. And there's nothing wrong with that if you enjoy that work. And that's really working in your business hands on. So the one that I enjoy the most, as I've discovered over time, is my buy and holds. I love to buy and hold if I could, subject to the existing financing. And that means I take over someone's payments. And I've done that multiple times. And then the best strategy for me to not now rent it, I would love to sell it on a lease option where I would take money down and then have them make payments toward the purchase price, let's say. And most of the time I read a statistic uh, somewhere, 70 to 80% of all lease options, they never buy, they move on with their lives. Uh, I had a property on a street called Portobello, like the mushroom, where I had three different families that I leased optioned that to. I was so disappointed when the third family bought it because I had made so much <laughs> money on their property, but God bless them. I mean, they, they bought right. it. But yeah, if I can buy with seller financing, don't have to go through banks and jump through all the hoops or use investor money like we talked about, that's a great strategy because, and, and, and I do have good credit, but when you, when you use those types of financing strategies, there's no points, there's no origination fees, the sellers don't ask to see my bank statements. They don't ask to see my W-2s like banks would. They're not asking me for a blood sample, a urine sample like banks do when they go to <laughs> underwriting. And so yeah. it's so much easier for us as investors to acquire property, even as for a fix and flip or wholesale using OPM, other people's money, especially the seller. But if we need to go through traditional financing, I've done it. Happy to help someone go through that process as well. That is so good. Yeah, there's so much flexibility. And I love the fact that you try so many different things. I think that's how, in real estate, that's how you know what you're going to like. And I think wholesaling is sexy because it brings money in, right? But eventually you're working all the time. 
Um, there are other things to try, uh, but it's good. I think it's good to try. I think that there's something to be said about I've been there and done that instead of going by what someone else said, your experience can be different. You know, we bought a, uh, we, me and my lovely bride, Stephanie, we bought an eightplex here in Phoenix, Arizona, and it was seller financed. And my payment to this gentleman is about $3,400 a month. And there's eight, there's eight of them. They each rent for about $1,600 a month. So two of those units almost cover my payment. And over time, we're anticipating, hopefully rents go up over time, but my payment to him stays the same. So certainly uh, love the cash flow, uh, love that the checks come in at the beginning of the month. Um, but um, but I, I, I love those deals. And I, I, I think for me at this point in time, creating wealth is the buy and hold strategy. That makes sense. I love it. So at what point in your real, in real estate investing career did companies come to you to say, hey, like the RIA and tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, would you like to teach here? And how do you feel about the time that I would take away from your business or were you in a place where you can delegate and actually do something that you've never done before? So that's a great question. So um, I was fortunate um, in, in my previous life when I was a pharmacist, I taught at Rio Solano College, okay. the pharmacy technician program. When the guy that owns the RIA here in Arizona knew that I had this teaching certificate, asked me if I'd be interested in maybe teaching some classes on real estate investing. Since I had started doing fix and flips, I started with that class and I grew into it. But I got to tell you something, Kathy, this is something that I really enjoy. I really enjoy teaching. I really enjoy helping others. So I, I, I'm not sure I'm ever at the place uh, where I could just sit back and kick my feet on the desk and just go out there and help others. I just do it because I love it. I'm passionate about it. Uh, I talk for the iNetrepreneur Network as well, a volunteer to teach on real estate investing. So I guess you could say I'm a teacher or instructor at heart. I, I think what makes me different than some of the other people out there that profess to teach on real estate is that when you work with me, you kind of work with me. So I don't really have a whole team of gurus or people that I pawn or books and tapes or go to this YouTube video when you're done or Vimeo. It's me and you and uh, shoulder to shoulder, hand to hand, creating success stories. So that's what I, I just really enjoy that. That's a passion of mine. So it probably does take away from my other opportunities, but man, I just enjoy it. So I do it because I love it. Yeah, that's so good. And it's, even though you are making money with it, but I think the real reward is that you love doing it. So it's not really taken away, it's adding to your life. So I love the fact that real estate investing gives you that extra pleasure of not only you making money long-term, but you're also doing something that you love instead of just working in the business. So I think I, I love that for you, actually. I appreciate that. You know, the, the feeling one gets when they see someone who's not happy in their job or not making enough money at their job, single moms, whatever, whatever that is, whatever circumstance there is, and you show them and you teach them and you hold their hand and they acquire a property and you're there for them when there's a problem. And then the, the, the biggest compliment is when they don't need you anymore, when they figured out, okay, I know how to fix a leaky faucet. I know who to call if the ceiling fan breaks. I've got that. And so I, I learned from my, my coach, Summers, who I mentioned earlier, he always taught me that a one-time client is the most expensive a client. So I find my, my community coming back to me and saying, I want to scale. Or how do I, instead of buying houses or condos, how can I buy a duplex or a triplex? So seeing someone create that kind of success, 
you know, one of the people that I work with, her, her, we'll call her Elise, because that's her name. Yeah. She, she's a doctor. <laughs> and, and she came to me and she said, you know, I, this is a true story. She's over at the VA. She said, I, I, I'm so sick of medicine. She says, mm. this isn't healthcare. She said, this is sick care. Wow. And all I deal with is sick people all day. And I, I need another avenue, revenue stream. Can you help me get started? I'm, I'm a physician. I don't have a lot of time. And we've helped her. And so she's been able to acquire and have success with real estate, even though she's a full-time physician. Yeah, I love you sharing that story because I feel your own personal story allows you to help other people that were in the same situation that you were. Because you know what that feels like. This is a doctor went to school for a very long time. You were a pharmacist. You went to school for a long time and it's very expensive. But if you're not fulfilled is worth it to try something different. So I love the fact that you can, you've been on their shoes, so you know how to help them. So, um, so thank you. So um, I, I'm, a sing, I'm a single dad. My, my, my daughters are grown. I had full custody of my daughters. They were maybe nine and seven at the time. And they have this thing, maybe you have it where you guys are at, called the Renaissance Festival. And my kids love to go to that thing and they have the on horses and they joust and they got these big turkey legs, right? But what my kids loved was the henna tattoos. So I knew I was at my um, my max on my on my Discover card when I went divorced. I got the Discover card. My ex got the MasterCard. And so I went to the local grocery store to buy tickets to the Renaissance Festival because they gave a discount. And so I took my kids on a Sunday to that Renaissance Festival. And, and now we're driving back at the, at the end of a long day. They're asleep in the backseat of my car. And I noticed the engine light, I'm sorry, the gas light starts to flicker. I need gas. And I'm thinking to myself, eh, maybe, I, maybe I can make it home. So I'm about halfway home and that flashing light now turns solid. And I say to myself, I know better and it's getting dark outside. So I pull off, I go into a 7-Eleven and I put my Discover card into the, into the gas pump, hoping and praying that they say yes. Because I know, I know I'm up against that limit. And believe it or not, it said yes. And I got to tell you, Kath, I, I grabbed that pump so fast before Discover changed their mind and knew who they were dealing with. And I stuck it in the tank and I filled that thing up. And when it clicked, I knew that I probably wouldn't be able to use that card for a while. So I squeezed it to top it off. And wouldn't you know it? Bam! This gas backsplashes all over me and I'm covered in head to toe. Wow. And, and that's when that lady said to me, you know, with the hospice nurse, I'm almost in tears looking at my kids asleep in the backseat wow. thinking, man, there's got to be a better way. Um, yeah. I, I, I can do better than this. And so yeah. for me, when someone says that they are maxed out on their credit card uh, or they've got challenges with cash flow, I get it. Been there, done that, got a t-shirt and swore I never wanted to be there again. Wow, that's so powerful. That, that was your like your never again moment where like, you know, I don't want to be here ever, ever again. And I think those are gift moments because you really, once you make that decision, it's almost like no, nothing can get in your way. There's no turning back because you're done. No, you, may, you might not know how you're going to get out, but you know you're done. Exactly. And that's when I started with that fix of Lip and Mesa and I uh, I'd have never looked back. So I'm very fortunate. Um, I, I'm very appreciative. I'm very grateful. And I think that um, one of the ways you show appreciation is to help others. And so I'm glad to teach, instruct, be on this podcast, share my pointers, share what I know. 
Unlike that lady who said, why would I want to compete with you? Because I'll have another yeah. competitor. Trust me, there's enough for everybody. I come from abundance. I don't come yeah. from scarcity. Yeah, that's so powerful. Yeah, and in helping somebody else is something to be said. You said earlier that when somebody knows how to do something for them, it's like nothing, right? So the you from a long time ago that knew nothing about real estate investing, probably looking back now, you're like, that's easy, dude. No problem, right? And there are people watching you right now. They're like, oh, fascinated, you know, about, about all the things you have mentioned. Well, they're welcome to reach out to me if they think I can yeah. be a service. You know what I learned? I, I, I tell the story. When I was a kid growing up, I, I used to watch this cartoon when I was a kid called the Flintstones. Don't know if you've ever heard of them. I remember, and, yeah. And Fred used to work down at the rock quarry, right? Yeah. And his boss, Mr. Slate, used to say things like, um, good help is hard to find, right? So I would always joke that good help was hard to find back in bedrock and good help is hard to find now. And so the, the concepts of real estate investing, they really haven't changed. The color of the tile, the color of the appliances, the color of the countertops, maybe those change. But the concepts, the knowledge that we teach you doesn't change. And so it's like riding a bike. You may not have ridden a bike for a while, but if I took you out in our parking lot and put you on a bicycle, five or 10 minutes, you'd probably be going back and forth with no, with ease, with no problem whatsoever. So really, once you learn some of these principles and you've experienced them, that's knowledge that can never be taken away and you can continue to create more success. That's so good. So for those who are listening or watching, where can they go to learn from you or connect with you? So I'll, I'll give you my phone number and I'll give you my yeah. website. And I, um, yeah. when you when you call, I'll, I'll probably answer the phone. So my phone <laughs> number is 480 area code, 480-443-4500, 480-443-4500. And my website, I try to make it easy, contactstuart.com, contactstuart.com. And you'll find me. And again, if you think I could be a service, I'd be honored to sit down and have what I call a 30-minute momentum session, see where you're at, see where you want to get going, and leave with a plan that if you exercise it and follow it, you'll create incremental success. And that's what we want. You know, it, it's, it's hard. You know, Rome wasn't created in a day, right? So we want incremental success, bit by bit, piece by piece. We put it together, and we build a strong foundation because that's what we want in our structures is a strong foundation. So when the wind blows, it doesn't blow down, it stays erect. That is so good. I love that. We'll make sure to put all your information in the show notes so they can connect with you. Thank I you. love to ask this question to all our investors. Um, if you had a magic wand and you were able to go back in time, what do you wish that you have known then that you know now about real estate investing? It, 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 it's, it's not as hard as it seems. Mm. Honest, it, 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 it's not as hard as it seems. If you have persistence, if you have the won't quit stick-to-itiveness stick attitude, you're going to find success, whether it's success raising the money to buy a buy and hold, whether it's success means finding a property, funding a property, flipping a property, whatever that looks like to you. Um, I was so appreciative that I did spend the money to hire this gentleman, Summers, to help teach me. I was very leery. I, I didn't have the money, to be honest with you, as you know, with my Discover card maxed out. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and by the way, what I did, just to let you know what I did, I called Discover card and asked them to raise my limit. And guess what they did? They did. They did. <laughs> and that's how I paid Summers. True, true story. 
So uh, wow. it's not as hard as you think. It, it certainly is helpful to network with people that have done it before. I've I've listened to your podcast, Kathy. You've got excellent guests on your shows. Go back and listen to them. They're they're very uh, uh, generous and uh, and good with their time and giving with their time. So certainly, working with people like you and your network is a great place to start. I think so too. Thank you so much. It's been so great. I love. Um, learning and talking to people that have a giving heart because there's something to be said about you don't have to do this, but you, you want to do this so you can help other people. So I just want to thank you for taking the time and giving back because you never know how you can change someone. Someone might never said anything to you, but something that you share today might change their lives and you don't know. So on behalf of that person, I just want to say thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Stuart. Guys, there you have it. Stuart has shared so many nuggets today. I want to make sure that you listen at least twice and then watch it at least twice. Share it with somebody else that wants to be a real estate investor. This is the, like he said, this is the perfect time to do it. Not tomorrow. Know when you get your business cards. None of needs a business card, okay? You have a voice. You can connect with them. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of the interviews that we bring you every single week. Thanks so much for watching. Please know that I love you, that I'm rooting for you, and I'm going to see you super duper soon. Bye.